What is up, aka Padders? Welcome to aka Pads Audio Audacity Podcast, and this is where we talk everything movies, comics, pop culture, sometimes like anecdotes, but I'm your host, Peter A. DeLuca, yeah boy! And today, we're talking Terminator Salvation. Now, holy, you know, this movie has not been rediscovered. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, has had like a little bit of an uptick in how people see that movie. This is the Terminator movie I've seen the most in theaters. I think I saw this five times. You hear that intro, let's get into it. Let's continue this epic, from the future, Terminator block that we're on. Let's do this. Hey, 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 hey. What on earth am I talking about? Peter, how did you see this movie five times? I may may have seen it more. I remember five. I made a little bit of a list before I sat down with uh, you nice people. But in 2009, uh, it was easy for me to make the list. Because I was single at the time. And I could easily remember the girls I saw this movie with. And here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. Four girls, one boy. I did see it with one of my guy friends. Uh, This younger gentleman who I took underneath my wing from the comic book store days. And he, you know, he would sometimes need someone to do things with. And I was friendly with his mother. And him and I went to go see Terminator Salvation. Anyway, with that being said... (laughs) I was single at the time in 2009 when this movie came out, directed by Mick G, my boy, because he does make good movies, believe he makes movies that are just fun to look at, and he gets a bad rap, this movie gets a bad rap, Christian Bale in this movie gets a bad rap, uh, but anyway, I, I could easily make a list of the the nice females of New Jersey and PA I saw this movie with. And it was all within about two weeks. So I was just completely like uh, soaked in and inundated with this movie. And here's the funny thing. Back when I was building the epic, most epic DVD collection you could ever imagine. Before such a thing was a thing. That This is me just being Peter. Uh, I had a like a renaissance with this movie uh, on DVD, and it wasn't really until I started watching it at home that uh, the nuance of the movie really stood out. Now, what's the plot, and how is this related to the other Terminator movies? It's you know like again, it's so hard to talk about the Terminator movies movie to movie when you're dealing with. Uh, rights you're dealing with if Schwarzenegger is available or not you're dealing with if, if Cameron even wants to mention the movie or not and this is the only one of all the Terminator movies Terminator Terminator 2 Judgment Day Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines Terminator Genesis Terminator Dark Fate this is the only one that says no we don't need Schwarzenegger we don't, we don't need Cameron we just need a, a visionary we need someone with an idea of what this mother effing movie should look and feel like. And then we have Mick G. Mick G set out to make a movie with a tone, with a green, 
uh, I believe, I remember him saying at one time that when they were processing this film, it, they rained it through silver like uh, particles, okay, to give it a uh, almost like a shine. And you can see this movie texturally is far different than all the all the Terminators. I like the texture of this movie far more than the daylight stuff. I, I already said this in T three Rise of the Machines. I like the texture of this movie far more than the daylight stuff in Terminator Genesis. It doesn't mean one's better or not. I'm talking personal preference here. So, this movie is independent of Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron. It is fully set free. Mick G set out to create. Uh, here's the here's my real contention with the movie. It's it's a realistic future, and it has the robots. It has a ton of robots. This is the most stacked Terminator future will ever probably get on the big screen. We see all these cool, awesome robots with different functions, with different designs, with different ideas. Because if there was a war being raged, it wouldn't be the the, the three things we've been seeing since the first Terminator movie, which is the flying hunter-killer, the rolling tank thing, and the T-800 T slowly walking through a battlefield. We would see a dynamic range of killer machines. We get that in this. We get motorcycles. We get uh, giant two-story tall ones capturing people. We have cool-looking transport ships. We have aqua hydro ones that are just like worms. They're freaking cool. It's a good list. Uh, we're introduced to the T-600, the predecessor of the T-800. Awesome. So the plot of this movie is that John Connor is maybe not John Connor. They did a little Morpheus uh, from the Matrix Reloaded. He's a prophet. He's not a prophet. He knows all. He doesn't know all. The military command is in a contentious uh, attitude towards John Connor. So John Connor is an outsider, which is cool. And then we have this other guy named Marcus. This is where how the movie begins. And Marcus essentially is uh, sacrifices himself. He's on death row, but he sacrifices his body to be a part of Cyberdyne's uh, like biochemistry, bio robotics division, and he becomes like the predecessor of what is the like the. Cybernet also, like, you know, Cybernet kind of goes in two directions based on the mythology. First direction is become self-aware, creates machines, fights the war, and essentially, like, to some degree wins the war against humanity. But then it also has this bio, uh, you know, biomechanical uh, division where it can grow human flesh. It can create cells. And this, this this character <laughs> that we're introduced to very early, played by Sam Worthington, Worthington. Uh, he he's like the uh, predecessor to that. So Marcus is almost like Terminator Flesh, Terminator Zero, which is a concept that is further explored in Terminator Genesis. Now. 
we're also beginning a little bit of a cycle where between T3, uh, Salvation, and Genesis, we're reusing just ideas. This this movie is the most independent of reused ideas, easily. This movie does its own thing, which makes it so good. Now, along the way, uh, this Marcus guy encounters Kyle Reese. Kyle, if we know who Kyle Reese is, he is the father of John Connor that John Connor sends into the past pre-Terminator 1, 1984 to save Sarah Connor. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger, the T-800, is sent from the future to kill Sarah Connor and to win the war against the machines. So, here we go. Like, And we have military operations. We have a, a mute, deaf girl character. We have another girl character. Lots of, lots of women in this movie. So, again, like we're furthering the idea that the Terminator franchise is men and women. Uh, you know, especially post Terminator Three, where they committed they committed to a female Terminator, which I love. So it's it's really hard. You know, like men did not inherit the Terminator franchise at all. And again, this is what makes Terminator so unique. So along the way, um, you know, we have some decent military action. You know, we we have. Uh, this performance by Christian Bale where he is now this is post Dark Knight Christian Bale but he is angry in this movie he wants to win he wants to fight he wants people to believe him and listen to him and he he's almost like the the um the hope and the spirit of the human army of the human resistance and they portray him as such you know like I don't want to say like godlike or Jesus like character but it's there so they were making this movie and everyone had eyes on it because everybody loved Dark Knight and Christian Bale using this as his follow-up to Dark Knight as in like big movie it was huge it was huge because you would like you couldn't believe that someone of such a high caliber would be in a Terminator movie and he added so much and there was a line that he would throw around during this movie. He said, look, he said, uh, yeah, I can't do his accent, but he said, they came to me, they came to me to make this movie. And I said, no. And then they came back and I said, no. And I said, you know what? You give me a script that's good enough to perform on stage. I'll do your movie. And then he's in the movie. And there you go. So we are to presume that the script is stage worthy, meaning limited locations, uh, you know, lots of acting, <laughs> lots of good dialogue, lots of monologues. You know, I'm not exactly sure what that means, nor does it matter. And then here we go. Ready? The Internet comes. The Internet. Internet in 2009. This might be the first movie to fall victim to this. Terminator Salvation's ending leaks. The script leaks, the ending leaks. And everything is set ablaze. We now have to have a different movie. And look, I don't I don't blame the you know Sony, I don't blame who, whoever made this movie, you know, like production housewives. The how Carlon 
Hal Cyan company. They reshot mostly like the third act. Now look. They had to do it. The ending that leaked was Marcus. You know, because he's biomechanical. He becomes John Connor and John Connor dies at the end of this movie. And John Connor of the future is a machine. How awesome is that? And I think they set it up perfectly, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, like uh, setting it up that a uh, emotional, a aware, you know, a human machine could defeat the machines. You know, it, we're, we're dealing like, you know, again, themes in from the Matrix. That doesn't happen. And we have an ending where John Connor dies and Marcus gives John Connor his heart. And here then that's it. That's your movie. It sucks. You know, uh, I, I always wanted that ending. It set the internet on fire. Like, it blew people away. And, and they were already curious about this movie. And it just added to it. Uh, I think it would have solidified this movie. Who knows if it would have been any more or less successful. But it is tragic. It's tragic we could not get the original Terminator Salvation ending. It's tragic that McGee couldn't get full credit for really being a visionary. And seeing a big idea through. Terminator Salvation. He would have been equal. To being a visionary sequel wise. As Cameron was when he made. His own sequel. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And then. We have the box office. Let's let's talk box office. Terminator Salvation. Budget wise. It's, it's the largest budgeted. The highest budget of the Terminator movie on the books, two hundred million. Domestically, one twenty-five. Worldwide, three sixty-five. To put that into perspective, let let's just go through the Terminator movies. You know, we can skip the nineteen eighty-four Terminator. That was eighty, uh, eighty million worldwide. See, and I would say Terminator is the most important science fiction movie to discuss worldwide box office with because the entire world is drawn to Terminator not so much Star Wars but it's Terminator Disney is hoping Disney Plus their new streaming app uh, grows Star Wars as a brand worldwide that's that's their big bet with that Terminator 2 Judgment Day 50, 515 million dollars Terminator 3 2003 rise of the machines 443 million dollars consider the failure terminator salvation 2009 365 million dollars consider the failure terminator genesis 2015 a couple of years ago 432 million dollars considered a failure Terminator Dark Fate, two million two hundred million two dollars considered a failure. It, isn't that amazing? You know, they seem like they're good numbers, but the Terminator movies fail endlessly. Now, this movie too, 
uh, second to T2 or T3, Rise of the Machines. This movie had a full product rollout. Where I'm talking 7-Eleven Slurpee Cups, tons of action figures, statues, all the merchandise you can imagine. T3 was the first Terminator movie to get that treat treatment. You know, action figures. And, like you were fully within like the T3 merchandise pull like push out. Terminator turn Terminator Salvation of all of the Terminator movies had the biggest rollout when it comes to merchandise. And we had a video game. And then we have what is our next discussion. Because again, everyone out there, I'm talking, you're listening. Because I, I, I know you guys listen. People have been missing, you know, ideas and, and, and events and content when they discuss the Terminator film franchise. Or just the Terminator franchise in general. I've already discussed, they, they skip over T23D Battle Across Time. That was episode 254. In 256, we're discussing the Terminator Salvation Machina series. It's a six-episode six web series, CGI, linked to the Terminator Salvation video game. And it's roughly an hour long. It's maybe like an hour 15. Almost a full-length movie. This was part of the rollout for Terminator Salvation. This is just another great story. Our next episode of AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast, episode 257. We're going to be discussing that. This is what I meant about you're getting a full analysis, a full look into the Terminator franchise, into the world of Terminator. And until next time, I'm Peter A. DeLuca. AKA Pat, I am your boy. And thank you so much for joining me. We're going to keep this train going. We're going to, we're not stopping until we hit Terminator Dark Fate. So let's rock and roll.